Welcome to the Hollywood vs. Hollywood podcast. I'm your host, HT, joining you with my co-host, the Bearheart, Michael Herbert. Happy to be here. Hollywood vs. Hollywood is a podcast that measures all the different metrics of twin movies to determine which ultimately is the better twin movie. It's like a boxing match with many, many bloody rounds with only one champion at the top. I mean, we acknowledge a winner. Whether or not that's the better movie... I'm not sure I'm willing to take that responsibility on onto my shoulders, but... It's, it's scientific. This is a scientific method. Okay, you're right. It's infallible. Today we are talking about twin movies that ask the question, what if a pesky volcano blew up in my town? Today on the Hollywood vs. Hollywood podcast, we're talking about Dante's Peak versus Volcano. Let's start with Dante's Peak. Spin the trail. In the town of Dante's Peak, a volcano is turning nature... Into a nightmare. Come on! Pierce Brosnan, Linda Hamilton. Oh my God. Dante's Peak. The pressure is building. Michael, what is Dante's Peak about? Dante's Peak is about a. He's not a geologist. Is he a geologist, a volcanologist? Volcanologist. He's a volcanologist who comes to a small town that uh, will soon be destroyed by a volcano. And uh, along with having a a burgeoning romance with the town's mayor, he's, uh, he's there to save as many lives as possible. Sounds exciting. Our second contender is Volcano. Play the trailer. There are at least 1,500 active volcanoes in the world that we know about. And at least one that we don't. Welcome to Los Angeles. In a city where anything can happen. On April 25th, it will. Please stay calm. What is Volcano about? Volcano is the story of a volcano that attacks Los Angeles. And the director of the Office of Emergency Management, who will attempt to save the city and its citizens. Both are extremely exciting movies. I was at the edge of my seat the entire time. Have you thought about what you're going to do if a volcano blows up in your neck of the woods? This is a question you're asking me? Yes. I mean, I feel like I have all the info that I need after watching these films. Are you ready to pit these two movies head-to-head against each other? I'm ready. Mountains will explode. Dogs will outrun lava. But only one movie can emerge. A true Hollywood champion in the Hollywood vs. Hollywood podcast. Behold! The power of nature that is Dante's Peak. Dante's Peak probably has more square footage destroyed, kind of in the middle of nowhere. We have a very simple process. Each movie will compete in several different categories, and it will be granted a point if it wins the category. In the end, whichever movie has the most total points wins this episode of the Hollywood vs. Hollywood podcast. The other movie turns into volcanic ash, Michael and I are also each allowed the ace up your sleeve card 
Michael, what is the Ace Up Your Sleeve card? The Ace Up Your Sleeve card brings an end to the debate in any one category. So if you feel strongly about the outcome of a specific category, then you can pull the Ace Up Your Sleeve card and give the point to whichever movie you prefer. But you and I are each only allowed to do that once per show. Sounds exciting. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Let's get into it. Category one. Which movie won the release date? This is a simple one. Uh, Dante's Peak was released on February 7th, 1997. Is it a good Valentine's Day movie, you think? Oh, it's a great Valentine's Day movie. It's almost as good as Titanic 3D. Volcano was released on April 25, 1997. Tell me, Michael, who exploded into the box office first? I mean, it seems pretty clear. Dante's Peak made it to the cinema first. Point Dante's Peak. Let's add it to the board. I see that you have written down some stats there about Dante's Peak. What you got? Dante's Peak, rated PG-13, has a current Rotten Tomato score of 28% with an audience score of 38%. And it has a letterboxed score of uh, 2.8 out of 5, so almost 3 out of 5 stars. Volcano, also rated PG-13, has a current Rotten Tomato score of 49%, so 20 points higher than Dante's Peak. Uh, but an audience score that's lower at 32%. And it has a 2.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. So a, a little bit of a worse showing from the Letterboxd crowd. What is Letterboxd? Is that like another Rotten Tomatoes? It's different from Rotten Tomatoes. It's a little bit more social media oriented and maybe a little more pretentious. I'm just getting into it. Okay. Category 2, Michael. Which movie won the box office? All right. Straight facts. Dante's Peak, with a budget of $116 million, grossed $178.1 million. Volcano, whose budget was only $90 million, grossed $122.8 million. Who won the box office, Michael? Uh, it seems like Dante's Peak won the box office. We're off to a, a, an early lead here for Dante's Peak. Uh, here's just some cold hard facts about disaster movies. After the success of Twister and Independence Day, which had grossed $817.4 million worldwide, the studios made a string of wonderful disaster movies, the best of which are Titanic, which grossed $1.84 billion, and Armageddon, which grossed $554 million. Category 3. Which movie has a better title? What do you think, Michael? Well, you know, I feel like it's open for discussion here. So I, I think I've said before that I like knowing what a movie's about, you know, from what the title is. But uh, taking our conversation, taking from our conversation about Despicable Me, you've made me think about whether or not a title is intriguing to me and makes me want to see the movie. So I like that Volcano is a movie about a volcano. I kind of know what I'm, I'm getting into. But I, I am more intrigued about the notion of, of Dante's Peak. And I was, I was trying to think to myself whether or not Dante's Peak is, is, is a reference to Dante's Inferno. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. And I, I couldn't find anything, you know, uh, online to... to, to either back that up or to um, 
or 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 to disregard that notion um w- what's your take on the titles so i see what you're saying about dante's peak but if i were to think about it as a title dante's peak sounds like a romantic movie hmm. so uh if i did not know it was about a volcanic explosion i would think it's like pierce brosnan and linda hamilton on a date in a town that's a movie. This is interesting because you, you, you're talking about within the genre or even like within the subject matter of the film, like which title actually serves the the film genre better. So thinking about references that you've made already, Twister, that's about a Twister. Yeah. Titanic, it's about a Titanic. Um, Armageddon is about Armageddon. Deep Impact, not as clear. But I'm 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 starting to lean towards volcano here. Yeah, I like volcano. It's direct. It's to the point. Uh, the poster looks great. Uh, when I hear Dante's Peak, my first question is, who the f- is Dante? The movie Dante's Peak needs a more ominous title, like Misty Mountain or Lava Lake. It needs to be more powerful than ominous. All right, I hate the examples that you've mentioned, but I love the argument. Uh, I, I'm I'm on board. Volcano, best title. Best title, Going to Volcano. I must point out to my audience that English is my second language, so if I'm mispronouncing words, suck it. Our audience. (laughs) Category four. Which movie has the better leading actor? Dante's Peak has 90s 007 Pierce Brosnan as volcanologist Harry Dalton, whereas Volcano has the never-aging Tommy Lee Jones as director of... The Office of Emergency Management of Los Angeles, Mike Rourke. I, I like that he's he's never aging, but he's already aged. We've always known Tommy Lee Jones as a surly old man. <laughs> These are some of the Pierce Brosnan movies leading into 1997. He was in Mrs. Doubtfire. He was in Golden Eye, which is my favorite Bond from the 90s. The Beloved Mars Attacks, Robinson Crusoe, Tomorrow Never Dies a movie in which Mr. Brosnan parasails on a 70-foot Arctic ocean wave. That's some tough CGI. What do you think of Pierce Brosnan in Dante's Peak? I feel like Pierce Brosnan is a guy who I appreciate more as time goes on, um, particularly the, the the role in Mrs. Doubtfire. You know, I, I remember like as a, a kid watching Mrs. Doubtfire and being like, uh, you know, this guy is stepping on Robin Williams' toes. I hate him. Uh, you know, watching it now as an adult, uh, he's got so much screen presence and, and so much charm. Uh, I, I think he brings a lot of the similar charm to this movie. Uh, I also really like the um, the remake of The Thomas Crown Affair. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I have. It came a couple of years after this one. Uh, with uh, Rene Russo, who is also uh, who also grows in my heart as, as time goes on. Um, I, I really like Pierce Brosnan. Oh, uh, it was recently brought to my attention that Pierce Brosnan plays a centaur in the Percy Jackson film. Oh, really? Percy Jackson, apparently something, there's like a group of of people who grew up with the Percy Percy Jackson movies who are, I guess, like in college now, and and apparently that, that was a big part of their childhood. Tommy Lee Jones is really playing who you expect Tommy Lee Jones to to play at this point in his career. Is The Fugitive before or after Volcano? Fugitive is before. And let me let me list TLJ's. All right, give me the rundown. 
uh, TLJ starring JFK, The Fugitive, Batman Forever, in which he played my favorite Two-Face. He was in Natural Born Killers, and he was in the iconic, one of the all-time favorites, Men in Black. TLJ has definitely had a more solid filmography, especially with his later work in No Country for Old Men. What do you think? It's a pretty stunning filmography. His role in The Fugitive is is kind of unreal when you watch it. It's one of the best actor part pairings ever. And from my understanding, a large portion of the dialogue of his character in that film uh, was improvised by Tommy Lee Jones. I think there's a really good line about him uh, demanding a donut with little chocolate sprinkles, which was an improv. Oh, God, I think the I don't care line from The Fugitive was improv which is which is wild. His history before he got into feature films in the 90s was a theater background. All the way across the 70s and 80s, he was in theater. Wasn't he also Al Gore's college roommate? Possibly. I'm pretty sure that that is a fact. Is that how they both got so old so quickly? Maybe. So uh, what did you think of TLJ in this movie? Uh, I, you know, I like Tommy Lee Jones a lot in this movie. But it asks him to do some things that he's not great at, which is like being a loving, caring person. I I actually noted a change in in the tone of the film and even in the music of the film from the moment where he sends his daughter away. Once the daughter's kind of out of his his hair, he seems like he's freed, you know, to kind of be himself and, and get the job done. And that's the better version of... Tommy Lee Jones. So when we started talking about this category, I didn't have one of these guys in in mind, really, which which one I preferred. Uh, But, you know, now that we're digging into it and and talking about it a little bit more, I feel like Pierce Brosnan balances the requirement of being both uh, a hero and like a empathetic person than Tommy Lee Jones at this point, I'm, I'm leaning a little bit more towards preferring uh, Pierce Brosnan's Harry Dalton? Harry Dalton. Uh, Pierce Brosnan has always been a tough watch for me, personally. I feel like he's always kind of playing the same character. It's like watching Megan Fox on screen. She's always just Megan Fox. So Pierce Brosnan in Dante's Peak is just, you know, 007 in Dante's Peak. A basic, handsome hero. I think what you're describing here is a movie star. Well, so Tom Cruise is a movie star, but when he plays a character, you can get lost in the character that he's playing. I want you to think about this. Th- think about this statement before you finish it. I don't want to dive deep dive into. Uh, <laughs> we can't go down the Tom, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise road, highway, but I, I will but, say but, uh, Mark Wahlberg is a great example. Okay, that's a better example. Mark Wahlberg doesn't really have a lot of range, but occasionally he'll put in a role like uh, Fear or uh, The Departed, where he really cranks it up and is able to go beyond his normal acting silo. Whereas I feel like Pierce Brosnan has not been able to go beyond his handsome hero silo. TLJ, on the other hand, is really the only reason why Volcano works at all. It is a pretty ludicrous premise, and it kind of looks like the TV movie of the week as opposed to a big-budget blockbuster. So TLJ makes this movie work, and that's why... He is the star that he is. He's able to inject the movie with the type of energy and screen presence that elevates it to a whole other level. So my vote is for TLJ in Volcano. 
All right. So I've got two things to add. One, I want to circle back and say I'm a huge Mission Impossible head. I don't want anybody out there getting an idea that I do not enjoy a Tom Cruise film. Point two, ace up my sleeve, Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> okay. I will, I, will, I will accept it. Dante's peak, Pierce Brosnan. Put it on the board, Michael. I came out strong for Pierce Brosnan, partly because I, I feel like I know what's going to happen in this next category. Oh, really? Okay, okay. But, you know, Pierce Brosnan has uh, aged really well in that he's coming in a lot of cool movies now, and he looks really great for an older man. Mamma mia. He's doing really good stuff now. Category five. Which movie has the best rest of the cast? Meaning everybody except the lead actor. Dante's Peak features Linda Hamilton, my beloved Sarah Connor from T2. T Ma, who plays the Chinese consul guy in Rush Hour, is in the movie. It also has Grant Heslov, an actor who has been taking away work from brown actors for a very long time. He goes on to become a very successful producer of films like Argo, Ides of March, and Suburbicon. Is that the guy that loves coffee? He's a curly-haired guy yeah. who looks kind of brown. Yeah. I, th- I guess he may- produces a lot of movie- movies with Clooney. Good for him. And that's all I wrote down for the rest of the cast in Dante's Peak. Do you want to mention the thin-voiced guy from Seinfeld in Dante's Peak real quick? Thin-voiced? Yeah, the guy who talks like a woman in, in one of the Seinfeld episodes. Yes. Is that what they call it? Thin-voiced? I know. High, high-pitched voice? High-pitched voice. Yeah. I know. Yes. I, I recognized him and I was like, he's the guy who sounds like the woman that he's dating or his wife. Yeah, yeah. So his name is actor Brian Reddy. Uh, I guess his voice was altered in Seinfeld, and he sounds uh, he sounds pretty good in this movie. I, other than Linda Hamilton, I don't care for this cast. Do you? No. Let's get into Volcano. Go for it, Michael. Tell me. Anne Heche, Don Cheadle, just before Boogie Nights, Keith David, John Corbett, Gabby Hoffman, who plays the daughter and is in a million movies, still still working actor. And do you know the name John Carroll Lynch? I love me some John Carroll Lynch. John Carroll Lynch should not be a that guy. I think he's unfortunately a that guy for most people. Uh, John Carroll Lynch is in uh, Fargo, Face Off, Zodiac. And I mean, my first memory of John Carroll Lynch is playing, I think he was Drew Carey's brother on the Drew Carey show. And he was like, he was like a cross-dressing brother that sounds right but i cannot confirm or deny that without looking at imdb so i mean you know this is a guy who's just been in in front of us our whole lives michael rispoli who who's another face that i think most people would recognize uh he played jackie the father of uh jackie jr in the sopranos also in snake eyes and personal favorite rounders and for a hot second we got richard schiff Richard Schiff, how famous that guy. This movie has a lot of that guys. Lots of that guys. Uh, Richard Schiff from The West Wing, Lost World, Drastic Park, and future uh, twin movie, Deep Impact. He's in Deep Impact? Is he not Elijah Wood's father in Deep Impact? I haven't seen Deep Impact in a long time, but that sounds about right. For our audience, basically what a that guy is, and this was coined by one of the podcasts we listened to called The Rewatchables. You must check it out. And that guy is an actor who you've seen in so many movies and TV shows. You recognize their face, but you just don't know their name. And that's what that guy is. So before we move on, I want to put some respect on Linda Hamilton's name. Terminator 2, all-time 
classic film, and nobody does a pull-up like Linda Hamilton. <laughs> That's true. Oh, she's so great in T2. Uh, well, put it on the board. This, uh, and I, you know, I love me some Don Cheadle. I love me some Don Cheadle. Give, give, give me a lot of Don Cheadle. I love non-Marvel Don Cheadle. Marvel Don Cheadle's fine, but I miss Hotel Rwanda Don Cheadle. Oh, was he in Ocean's Eleven? I miss Ocean's Eleven Don Cheadle. Oh, he's de- he's got the terrible accent. It's fine. In Ocean's Eleven. I'm okay with it. But I, I do love Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> All right. The movie that has the best rest of the cast is? Volcano. Put it on the scoreboard, Michael. Boop. Category six. The best, best scene. In this category, Michael and I agree on what we think is the best scene in each movie. And then we decide which of those two best scenes is the best, best scene. Michael, which best scene did you pick for Dante's Peak? I was so impressed with the scenes of destruction in Dante's Peak, particularly the destruction of the Main Street area. They, they must have constructed these you know, facades of, the, of these buildings, and to see them crumble and, 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 and fall was really impressive. Similarly impressive was the scene of the Hummers and the, um, the, the scientific group, their van, making their way across kind of an old rickety bridge that, that is then um, collapsed by the weight of debris in the water. I mean, I honestly don't know how they did these shots. The- I, I, I totally agree with you. That's my, that's my pick. The bridge collapse scene. That's up there. Let me nominate one other scene. And it's not as flashy, but when you say Dante's Peak, this is the scene that I think about. And it's the scene when Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton are, they've gone up the mountain to rescue her kids who have made the poor choice of of going to try and, and get their grandmother who lives up, you know, near the top of the volcano. And... They are surrounded by lava. So what do they do? They get in a boat. A boat in a lake of acid. The sense of dread, the tension that's built up in this scene as the acid eats away at the boat and then ultimately the propeller uh, on the boat, like, it's a great sound effect. It's like, twing! And he, you know, Pierce Brosnan tips the motor up and it's gone. And I think he says, oh, shit. (laughs) Um, And just when you think that, you know, all hope is lost, Grandma jumps in. Grandma Ruth jumps in to the acid lake to pull the boat to the dock. The dock collapses and she's like dragging herself out of the water. It's like, it's visceral. It's, it's, it's borderline horror. And as impressive as, as the special effects in those other moments we talked about are, this is the best filmmaking in Dante's Peak. And to me, it, it's the best scene. If you want Dante's Peak to take this point, I implore you to pick the bridge collapse scene. My favorite scene from Dante's Peak is the scene where the bridge collapses. <laughs> I, I love that scene because it has the, this incredible special effects work. And I'm watching it and I'm racking my brain thinking, how do they do that? What scale models did they build? How did they 
put the actors in there if it was in fact done? And if it was done in real life, how do they put the motors in place to spin the road sections? I don't know how they did it. I would love to see the behind the scenes of this. The wide shot where you see the vehicles pulling onto the bridge with the debris-laden water in the background, you know, like water is one of those things that when when you you look at behind the scenes stuff that that's tough to to scale. It's tough to scale because everybody's very familiar with the way that water works. There's a scene in Star Wars on Naboo where you see uh, in the distance you see um, waterfalls coming off. You know this this kind of high cliff plateau area. And I remember what I remember seeing in the behind the scenes that they actually used um, sugar, like hmm. to to mimic the way that the water churns in the distance. You couldn't just use water because it, it wouldn't look right. It wouldn't have the the white. It wouldn't move the same. That's all to say this looks so real in Dante's Peak. The water, the debris. You can feel, you can get the sense of how strong it is, and it, it, it's an incredible scene. The best scene in Dante's Peak: the destruction of the bridge as the Humvees and the red van try to cross it, and a good death, which we'll come to later oh, on. We'll get back spot. to it. Okay. Yes. Uh, which is the best scene in Volcano? I feel like I talked about water for a long time. Do you want to? Um, I want to talk about lava. Let's tell talk me about your, lava. Tell me your favorite scene in Volcano. The best scene in Volcano, and probably the most memorable thing in Volcano, is the making of the horseshoe to stop the lava from coming down the street and then dumping a ton of water on the lava with like 50 helicopters. It is the best special effects shot in the movie. It is epic in every sense of the word. When you watch this movie for the first time, this scene was the most impressive to watch. And this is a scene that's kind of baked into your memory when you watch this movie. Do you have the scene on your list? Uh, this scene is my list. <laughs> All right, so it's between these two scenes. As I mentioned to you earlier, if he chose a particular scene in Dante's Peak, my vote would swing that way. Is that your vote as well here? Uh, you know, before I before we draw this category to a close, I, I want to talk a little bit about... Horseshoe? Horseshoe, and the scene leading up to it. That That sequence, it's not just the horseshoe part, but the whole sequence of lava appearing from the tar pits... You ever been to the Tar Pits? I have not been to the Tar Pits. Really fun. Good museum. It's a great half day. And it's right near an In-N-Out Burger. So, <laughs> Michael and I frequent In-N-Out Burger in LA and Houston and other places all the time. Anywhere in the Southwest. The whole Wilshire Boulevard sequence, as I like to call it, uh, is it's really incredible. And to me, it's exactly what you go to the movies for. The way the lava rolls out... Of the tar pits, I don't know how they're doing the lava. The lava in Dante's Peak is really good too. That that the the shot where it bursts through the wall in in Grandma's cabin, out of control. We go from the lava coming out of the tar pits. The fire trucks show up. One of them tips over. We have a moment where Tommy Lee Jones and Anne Hayes are saving a homeless gentleman, and they end up hanging from. A ladder. I skipped over the tip the bus over part. I called. I mean, it you're talking about a whole long sequence of scenes here. It's the Wilshire Boulevard sequence. Okay. Uh, I read that they built an 80 percent to scale recreation of Wilshire Boulevard. It was like the biggest expense um, 
in in terms of the production budget and they really got the most out of it it's kind of like hit after hit it culminates in this you know sequence where they're building a horseshoe or cul-de-sac shape out of their traffic barriers the cement traffic barriers yeah yeah and then some of the cgi with the helicopters doesn't hold up so well but it is a moment in the movie where the special effects and the music and the editing are are really creating like that special sauce, you know, like this is a Hollywood film. Yeah. So, what do you think between the Dante's bridge destruction and this scene? Which one would you go? With? I mean, all that being said, the destruction scenes from Dante's Peak blow the volcano destruction out of the water. <laughs> Pun intended. The best best scene goes to Dante's Peak. Category 7, the best title drop. This is when a movie's name is stated in a scene. Now, Michael, uh, you know, we should have talked about this. I want to I wanna make it whichever does it better. Okay. Or, or like, like we did last time, which was half. All right, we're talking, about a, we're talking about a real rule change here, which is... It's just who does it better. Who does it better? Because it's only... Uh, so it's not two points. It's one point. So it can either be half and half or one and zero. Okay. Okay, I like that caveat. So, ladies and gentlemen, where we're coming from is, in previous episodes, any film that mentioned the name of the film... Automatically gets a point. Automatically gets a point. Which would allow each film to get a point. And what H is proposing here is that we... There should only be one point. We rate the way that the title is handled as a piece of dialogue or or mentioned otherwise in the film and we only award one point whether it's to the to the movie that does it better and if they both do a good job at it it's half a point. we split it up yeah okay. which we did in the last episode and if one film does it and the other film doesn't the film that does do the title gets a point automatically gets a point right? okay i'm on board best title drop movie's name stated in a scene dante's peak is referred to in the movie when people call it by name it is written on like boards across town in many places. I think in the first ten minutes of the movie, the name is said twenty times or more. Volcano's name is said very dramatically in a voiceover by a news reporter, where she says, "According to the U.S. Geological Service, it is a volcano." It's a pretty pretty dramatic moment. Both movies did it. Which movie did it better, Michael? There's only one point to be had here. I'm not blown away by how. Dante's Peak is is spoken within the film Dante's Peak. I think I'm imagining, because I, I, I wish that it had happened this way, that Paul, the, um, the man who runs the uh, USGS office that Harry Dalton is a part of, I wish he had said something like, Harry, I've got a situation brewing, minor tremors, sulfuric dioxide in the air. That's not accurate. I need you in the field. And Harry says, where do you need me to go, Paul? And Paul turns around and he says, Dante's Peak. I love it. I love it. That didn't happen, though, We right? needed you as a screenwriter on this team. But that didn't happen in the movie. Did not happen in All the right, movie. All right, then Volcano gets the point. Volcano gets the point. I agree. I think Volcano did it better. Just because Dante's Peak did not do a good job at it. And let's be honest, neither film hit a home run here. And what's a home run? What's a home run film? Uh, with the title drop? Yeah. Oh, man. Armageddon? Did Armageddon do it? 
I don't know. Which movie did a really I, good I mean, Armageddon, I think Armageddon, the title is mentioned in the president's speech. Uh-huh. For oh, me. Oh, Independence Day. It has to be Independence Day. It is perfect. Okay, that's perfect. Face Off is the other one, the, fir- always the first one I think of. Face Off, Nicolas Cage. Oh, is it Nicolas Cage or who does it? Who does the title drop? Yeah, it's Nick Cage. Wait, it's... I think it's, it's John Nick- Travolta as Nick Cage doing saying Face Off. Face Off. It's Nick Cage after he is Sean Archer. Meaning John Travolta... Right, but it's the actor Nick Cage. Also, like we're mixing actor names and character. Well, yeah, names we have here. to watch Face Off again and watch. The and scene again. I know that every one of these episodes is is too long, but I have to say, did you know that the studio wanted to change the name of the film from Independence Day? Oh, to what? I don't even know, like Alien Attack or something. Yeah, I mean Independence Day. I don't know why they. I mean, it's a great. We 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 love this movie. Uh, now at this point, I feel like it's it's a great title. But what does it really have to do with Independence Day other than the assault happens on I Independence did not Day? take you for someone who would sympathize with a soulless <laughs> studio executive. It's a great title. We like the title Independence Day. All right. Next category. Next category. Category eight. The best music moment slash needle drop in a movie. For Dante Speak, we have James Newton Howard, an iconic music composer for movies like Batman Begins, Collateral, and my favorite score of his is in the movie Signs. He often composes for M. Night Shyamalan. For Volcano, we have an equally iconic composer, Alan Silvestri, who has done the score for Marvel's Avengers, Night at the Museum, The Mummy Returns, Mouse Hunt, Contact, Castaway, Judge Dredd, and Forrest Gump, amongst many, many others. He often... Back to the Future. Did he do Back, back to, to the, the Future? Check, check that. I don't know if he Alan did. Silvestri... Check. I don't have to check that. Double check that. I don't have to. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. He often collaborates with Bob Zemeckis. When it comes to these two movies, Michael, which composer do you think did a better job between James Newton Howard for Dante's Peak and Alan Silvestri for Volcano? All right. I got I to gotta dump a couple thoughts on you. James Newton Howard, uh, amazing. Also, The Village. You mentioned the M. Night movies, but to me, his standout M. Night movie score is The Village. I will... Fight you if you don't like The Village. I love the music of The Village. <sighs> Alan Silvestri wrote Back to the Future. What well, wrote the score to Back to the Future. I know that John Williams is the goat, as they say. Well, you went to see him in concert twice. I have traveled to Los Angeles to see John Williams conduct his own scores twice. I love, love, love John Williams. When I listen to Alan Silvestri's score for Back to the Future, it makes me question whether or not – this is the wrong way of saying it. I have to consider whether the Back to the Future score is the greatest film theme ever written. It's wonderful work, but that's not what we're, what we're judging I know, I know, and I know. I just – this is something I struggle with. The score for Dante's Peak, this score stinks. It's whatever. It, it, it services the film, right? And it does not stand out. But Alan Silvestri is a national treasure. And despite all my praise for Alan Silvestri, I don't think the score to Volcano really stands out. Though... 100% agreed on both counts. Though I do think it, it, it elevates the movie at times. Volcano. That Yes. that The, the moment that I was talking about where... Uh, Tommy Lee Jones dumps his daughter onto the doctor, go to the hospital. Once she's going away, there's this amazing like snare drum, like 
she's finally out of here. Like he can finally get to work. And then you get that great shot. It's a shot from a helicopter that the control room is watching Tommy Lee Jones like run around. I, I, was, I was laughing. I was like, why is this helicopter looking at Tommy Lee Jones? It's so funny that he's the, the, the news person is like, there's a random insane man running around the Wilshire Boulevard area. And it happens to be, you know, the, the director of the OEM. Up until the last 15 seconds of Volcano, in, in my mind, I was like, we don't have a great music moment. We don't have a great music moment in either of these films. And then, da 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 Randy Newman flies in. He comes in hot, hot as lava, to save the needle drop day with I Love L.A. It's wild. It's a wild music cue. And then you get a little text at the bottom of the screen, and it says, Wheelshire... A volcano. <laughs> Which was great. I and love then, that. And then it says status, A-C-T-I-V-E, active, cut to black. It's a great Hollywood blockbuster ending. There's no question that Randy Newman brings the Needle Drop Award home for Volcano. Great. I did not... Put that much thought into it, and you have made a compelling case. Randy, and then, you know. I was, I was going to suggest share half and half on this, but yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Everything you said is right. Point Volcano. Randy Newman, also national treasure. Put some respect on his name. Is he the one who did Toy Story thing? Is he the one who did Toy Yes. Is he? <laughs> yes. Well, how does the Toy Story song go? We can't sing it because we can't. We'd have to, like, pay for it. Yeah. Uh, what if we do it, like, sarcastically? Do, 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 do. Put it on the board, Michael. Volcano gets the point. Category nine. Best director slash which movie was directed better? Dante's Peak was directed by Roger Donaldson, who also directed Cadillac Man with Robin Williams' Species with my favorite beautiful lady, Natasha Hensridge. Donaldson also directed Cocktail with Tom Cruise. No Way Out with Kevin Costner. He's had a solid career. Volcano was directed by Mick Jackson, who has directed a bunch of TV stuff, but most importantly, the movie The Bodyguard, starring Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston. Good movie. More recently, he also did the TV movie biopic of Temple Grandin, starring Claire Danes. Roger Donaldson definitely has had the more stellar career, but when it comes to Dante's Peak and Volcano, Michael, which movie was directed better? Uh, let, me, let me pose a, an alternate question to you. Which of these names is better for a Hollywood film director? Mick Jackson. R- yes, right? <laughs> what else could you possibly be in this world? That's like Michael Bay. It's like Michael Bay. It's a great name. If you're named Mick Jackson, like you're, you're, you're coming out of the uterus and you're like dropped into a director's chair. You got to be a musician or a director. No, I mean, well, you have Mick Jagger. That's a musician's name. Mick Jackson directs films. <laughs> Thank you very much. I feel like one of my kind of earliest references for the types of movies you could make was uh, Tora, Tora, Tora. And that's the one about like a bridge blowing up, right? Nope, that's oh. Bridge Over the River Kwai. Tora, Tora, Tora is Pearl Harbor before Michael Bay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have Tora, 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 which is a, a, a relatively technical 
representation of what happened that day, right? You're not really getting to know any of the, like, characters or their families or their, like, hopes or dreams. Whereas Pearl Harbor is not about Pearl Harbor. I mean, Michael Bay makes Pearl Harbor about Ben Affleck. He makes it about a really weird love triangle. Uh, He makes it about being a bomb as it falls from the sky. It is melodramatic and, and hokey. So, you know, for me, Volcano it has a little bit more Torah, Torah, Torah DNA in it. You're, you're with Mike O'Rourke. You're on Wilshire Boulevard. You're in the command center with Don Cheadle. You're, you're with uh, the woman and her terrible boyfriend over at the hospital. You're checking in with Keith David's policeman. You get an overview of, of how the situation's unfolding. In Dante's Peak, you never leave Harry. I, you, I think you spend maybe a scene or two with Linda Hamilton's character. But otherwise, Pierce Brosnan is, is in almost every frame of this movie. And you learn more about the lives of the characters like you do in Pearl Harbor. And this is a long way of saying Mick Jackson, he, he did the Torah, Torah, Torah thing with Volcano. And it's effective. And I think that Roger Donaldson did the Pearl Harbor thing better with Dante's Peak. So I, I am having kind of a hard time making this choice. I, I'd be happy to hear what you think. So I am all for heart in a movie, which I, which is how I would describe the, the Pearl Harbor thing. Not that I, I'm on board with any Michael Bay movie because I feel like he creates more mayhem than he creates emotion. Not on board. We literally talk about Armageddon in every episode. Yeah, but I, I, I speak of Armageddon in terms of the mayhem in the movie, not about the emotions in the movie. Okay. So, Armageddon is one of the most emotionally affecting films I've ever seen. Continue. Different tastes. So, so in my opinion, um, Roger Donaldson, the, the director of Dante's Peak, a great director, a great accomplished director, is not able to pull my heartstrings enough. And I like my heartstrings pulled. Between these two movies about volcanic eruptions, I'm, I'm in, in the volcano camp. It's much more visceral. Even in its most cringy moments, it has heart. It had memorable scenes. It takes its goofiness very seriously. And despite its shabby effects compared to Dante's Peak, it really was into the story that it was trying to tell. So I, I, I liked Mick Jackson's version of directing the volcano more. It, it actually felt like a Roland Emmerich film to me. Do you think that the success of the special effects in, in Dante's Peak have anything to do with the direction? You made the case in um, when we were doing the Red Planet podcast that the director directed the effects. And I counter-argued saying that that is not the case. So my feeling is... No, 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 no. You can't bring other films into the conversation. Well, my, my feeling is that he hired the best people to do the special effects for the movie in Dante's Peak. All right. As a matter of principle, I have to vote for Roger Donaldson here. As a matter of ace up my sleeve, I'm going to go Volcano. You with played the power of the ace right up into my hand. I wanted to disarm you of the ace up your sleeve. The ace up my sleeve secures this point for Volcano director McJackson. Donaldson, you're out, buddy. Put it on the board, Michael, for Volcano. <laughs> Moving on, category 10. Best cinematography slash shot in a movie. Andre, is, is that how you say it? A-N-D-R-Z-E-J. Is that Andre? Spell it again. A-N-D-R-Z-E-J. That's got to be Andre. It's got to be Andre. All right. We might be mispronouncing it, but Andre Bart Bartkowiak 
is the cinematographer for Dante's Peak. He was a frequent collaborator with Sidney Lumet, who is a great American director. He shot 11 of Lumet's films. He has shot The Verdict. He shot Twins. He shot Falling Down with Michael Douglas. I love that movie. Andre has also shot Speed, Species, The Devil's Advocate, U.S. Marshals, and Lethal Weapon 4. I did not do any of this research. I am stunned. The man is also a director, and he made a couple movies named by the name of Romeo Must Die, Cradle to the Grave, and Doom with Dwayne the Great Rock Johnson. Oh, man. That's two out of three. That's a two out of three for me. What do you think about Andre Bartkowiak's cinematography or any special visual effects moments in Dante's Peak? That's a stunning filmography. I really, really like the way that Dante's Peak looks. There are some shots that stuck out to me. The reveal of of the mountain uh, when you're up at the lake, I know it's a digital creation, but it's, it's done really well. We already mentioned the bridge collapse as being really visually impressive. The dam collapse is also really amazing. For 1997, it was pretty well done. And it part- for 2023, it's really well done. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But for 1997, I would, I would put it, uh, I would compare it to the Independence Day special effects, we've, which still hold up. We've been watching The Last of Us, and the special effects are really impressive. But the destruction of, of these like major American cities, even in a micro scale, when you're just kind of hanging out around a bunch of broken down cars and buildings and stuff, none of it feels as tangible to me as, as this model work. I'm so impressed with it. But it did make me wish I could see it again on a big screen. I, I, I think it would just be so immersive. One of the most effective shots at, in, in Dante's Peak to me is near the end when Harry breaks his arm and exposes his bone, there's a couple shots where the light floats behind the bone and and you you see that it's like somewhat translucent and super juicy. It's it's disgusting. Uh, There's only uh, a couple shots that don't work for me in Dante's Peak. And those are the ones that attempt to show Linda Hamilton's reflection oh, in... Oh, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, in the um, car window as, like, destruction is happening, you know? It just doesn't work. Like, I, I get it, but they just don't do a great job no, at it. No, it's, it's just not effective, and I'm really surprised that they, that they left it in. Maybe it's not Andre's fault, but it's not, it's not good. It's not good in, in a film that, that's otherwise shot really well. Yeah, yeah. Volcano cinematographer is Theo van de Sand. I hope I'm saying it right. All these European names, I'm really bad at them. Pretty much across the board, the hardest names to pronounce are, are the cinematographers. Yeah, a lot of them come from, uh, I think, Poland yeah. and Germany and Poland. France. Uh, volcano cinematographer Theo... Roger Deakins. Are you suggesting everybody change their names to English? It's just, standing? I mean, no fuss, no muss. <laughs> Volcano cinematographer Theo Van de Sand has shot these movies. Grown Ups, Out of Time, High Crimes, Big Daddy, Cruel Intentions, and Blade. He also shot a little movie called Wayne's World. I just watched Blade. 
it's really good. He, I just rewatched Blade. It's not like I just saw it, but I just rewatched it. A res- he's got this dude's just got a respectable body. What was work. the one you said before Blade? Cruel Intentions. Woo! Great looking movie. Is there a s- more sultry movie? <laughs> and uh, Wayne's World, man, the first one. Party time. Uh, what did you think about his work or any special effects work in Volcano? It services the film. You know, the the shots that stuck out to me were, were kind of few and far between. We mentioned the cul-de-sac traffic control concrete dam scene. Not the first two shots of the helicopters. They're too close. The helicopters are too close. It looks insane. Uh, but once the helicopters thin out a little bit, it becomes a really uh, effective shot, the wide shot where you're kind of looking down uh, on this like the horseshoe shape of barriers with the lava behind it and uh, and real fire. Real fire is definitely something that's like missing in films these days. I saw a behind the scenes shot from Avatar 2. There's a lot of fire in one of the final fight scenes and they had all these monitors on set showing images of fire and that was kind of what was giving the light you know which would give the fire lighting effect it's just not as good it's just not as good and not as effective as these like you know genius guys who made a living pumping propane everywhere in hollywood nothing beats a real fireball um so for for our audience just so you know uh traditionally the way these special effects are done is you have hoses running propane uh, with uh, holes uh, deliberately made at places where they, th- they think the fire would look great. And then pyrotechnicians or special effects people control how propane flows and how the fire is lit. So it's a very, very technical skill, and you get better with time, and there's masters working in Hollywood who are able to do this. Doing things practically is... Looks better. It's just the way to do them. That said, there, there are some detail shots that, that stuck out to me. There's a shot of the video camera that they dangle down into oh, the I sewer. That. I love that. It's sequence. a great shot, though. The shot of the actual, the camera turns and you see... The glow on the camera. Of the lava coming, you know. And it's just, it's a great little shot. There was a really dramatic shot of our boy, uh, John Carroll Lynch, when he is carrying... Oh, save, 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 save that. Save that because we're going to get into that scene eventually. But it's a great, it's a great shot. You yeah. know, I'm sure we're going to talk about that scene. But it's, it's just a really wonderful shot again, using practical fire effects. It's, it's, it's old school Hollywood stuff, and it just looks great. Yeah. So uh, for me, the volcano imagery was very memorable as opposed to Dante's peak imagery. So you know, the scene you just mentioned, the horseshoe you just uh, you mentioned earlier. Both movies have great effects in different disciplines. Uh, Dante's Peak probably has more miniature work with uh, with practical effects, and uh, Volcano has more. Uh, you know, you mentioned the eighty percent scaled replica of the whole street uh, with a lot of fire effects. For me, Volcano was just much more visceral, and the moments were much more memorable, like the camera turn with the lava coming towards it that you mentioned earlier. In the opening of the movie, you just kind of see L.A., and then suddenly the camera goes into a crack in the sidewalk. That was cool. The couple of times we go into the tunnel when the scientists are investigating the where the steam is coming out from, it's simple, but for some reason it's just memorable in the way that Raiders of the Lost Ark is memorable, you know? So there was just something about volcano i don't know if i would attribute it to direction 
or special effects work or cinematography. But before you conclude here, yeah. I think I know where you're going. I'm going to make a deal with you. I'm going to talk for two minutes, and I'm going to try and convince you to not pick Volcano. And after two minutes, if you are not convinced, then the point can go to Volcano. Deal? Okay. Okay. The thing that is most interesting to me is to see choices, choices that were made by, like, the person doing that particular thing. There's something that happens in Dante's Peak that is not that flashy, but is so clearly a choice. And I think once I, once I do my big unveil here, I think you'll get what I'm saying. <sighs> Dutch angles. For our audience, a Dutch angle is like a tilted frame. So if you're looking at like the horizon, it doesn't go straight across the frame anymore. It's on a diagonal. And you'll see this a lot like in monster movies and, and things like that. It's a very stylistic choice. There are Dutch angles in two scenes in this movie. I'm sure there are more. There, but, there are more. There are more. I was counting. But this one, this, these two really struck me. One, the town council scene, which is not an action scene. And two... The town meeting scene, which is also not an action scene. But the cinematographer attempts to use the tools in his tool belt, right? He brings camera movement and framing to, to bear in situations to enhance the emotion of a scene. Does it? Yes! <laughs> so uh, I know exactly the shots you're talking about. And in the first few minutes of Dante's Peak, not only would you see a lot of Dutch angles you'd also see a lot of camera movement if you if you just look at the first few minutes of this movie the camera is just constantly moving where it doesn't really need to where where it doesn't really need to be dutch what is he conveying what is the tension that he's trying to convey with this dutch camera angle is it director's choice is it the cinematographer's choice whatever it is how does this choice help the narrative a dutch angle indicates that there's something uh, amiss that there that there is danger right around the corner. You and I make videos for a living. Nothing is as scary to me as committing to a Dutch angle because it is so in your face and it's not like something you can always zoom into to, to change in post. So when you decide, I'm going to Dutch this shot, you are stuck with it. And so in, for that reason, I have to vote for Dante's Peak here and if I haven't convinced you, I haven't convinced you, and you have no soul, and I, I can't do anything about that. Do you want to do the half-point split? No. Oh, my God. Uh, bu -bu bum Let me think. Okay. I'll grant you this, that Dante's peak has great-looking special effects and some great-looking shots. I, I don't need to fight this out. I will reluctantly go down this path with you and give it to Dante's peak. I mean, that was imp an impassioned... Speech. Well, while that may be true, it's just, you know, just because an angle is Dutch doesn't mean the movie is uh, a better I, I got I got the answer I wanted. Next category. <laughs> category 11, the best quote slash best dialogue in a movie. Dante's Peak, the only one I remember is uh, Sure Beats the Hell Out of L.A., which was a short little jab at Volcano. I can loved I, it. Can I mention my one Dante's Peak line that we're here? Does it have to, anything to do with cleaning of a throat? No. Okay, tell me the Dante's Peak line. Okay, I really like this line, and, and not like for the reason I think that, that they wrote it. Um, in the moment when Pierce Brosnan is, 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 oh, Linda Hamilton and Pierce Brosnan are sharing their sad stories, and 
he's talking about his great love of his life. And he says, um, <clears throat> oh, he says, her name was Marianne. We worked together. She loved volcanoes. And that's all you need to know about her. That's my favorite yeah, line. By the she way, loved I, volcanoes. I don't understand the opening of Dante's Peak. Why was it there? Were they just trying to show off some special effects? What was the purpose of the opening of Dante's Peak the way it opened? That showed Marianne's death. Why was, Don, why was that in the movie? I want to be able to argue with you, but I can't. You're 100% right. It, was, it had no purpose in the movie whatsoever. I don't think Pierce Brosnan actually cared for Marianne that much, to be honest. Oh, he looks pretty broken up. I mean, it's pretty graphic. Yeah, the she, death is graphic. She gets bonked in the head by a flaming hot rock through the pickup truck roof. I love, I love that. I love that. That was probably the best part of the movie. I guess it just it sets the stakes, right? It, it says we're, we're dealing with life and death here. I just did not understand why that scene was there. Anyway, the next scene I've written down here is uh, from Dante's Peak, where our uh, curly-haired guy goes... She's just cleaning her throat. She hasn't started to sing yet. That was okay, pretty good dialogue. Yeah. I really like clever dialogue for children. Like I like when adult writers can, can write something that, that sounds appropriate for a kid to say. When they go to the uh, hot springs, the son, Linda Hamilton's son, says, uh, it stinks. I, I don't know if I want to go in. And the young daughter says, it smells like your room. And you go in there. That felt... True to life to me. True to life. It's right up there with, um, I think the the writing of Jurassic World is very poor, but there's a great line that the young kid has when the 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 gyrosphere breaks. They've they've broken the rules. They've gone off the reservation, and they're walking through the jungle. The youngest uh, brother, the younger brother, says to the older one, "We're going to go to jail. They're going to shave our heads, and we're going to have to make root beer in the toilet." I remember that line. Great line. All right, so let's moving on to Volcano. The, some fun dialogue in Volcano. Cheeto's line, Moses couldn't reroute the shit. It's everywhere. Volcano also had the stupidest line that I've ever heard when TLJ's daughter is on fire and she politely announces, my leg is burning. I thought that was pretty stupid, but I love Cheeto's line. Moses couldn't reroute the shit. It's everywhere. So between Volcano and Dante's Peak, do you have a favorite dialogue? I got a few more. Nominees for Volcano. Anne Heche says upon witnessing the appearance of lava on Wilshire Boulevard, you would have loved this, Rachel. (laughs) I missed that line. Referring to her like very recently deceased geological partner. (laughs) Who fell in, right? Or no, she got blown up by it. Uh, Another one... um, you know, I mean, Volcano was really ahead of its time in terms of dealing with race relations between the citizens of Los Angeles and the uh, LAPD. Is it ahead of its time? Are you being sarcastic here? What's going on? Yeah, I, no, I'm I'm being very serious. Uh, it, it was cringy to watch, but I, I was glad that they did it. I mean, police violence against minority communities in Los Angeles was, I mean, I guess it's always been an issue, but it was certainly a major thing at this time. So uh, the line appears, uh, I'm about to get the volcano version of Rodney King. I I remember that The gentleman who's trying to get some firemen to come to his street. Um, uh, Okay. This takes the cake for me. 
This is one of those, like, I am a clever writer lines. Lava is coming down Wilshire Boulevard, heading towards museum. There is a number of staff members who are unloading the priceless art. One of these employees says, God, this Hieronymus Bosch is heavy. His coworker responds, that's because he deals with man's inclination towards sin in defiance of God's will. <laughs> okay. And the first guy says, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> it's heavy. I, I, yeah, I guess so. I, I remember the dialogue exactly, but I, it was unmemorable for me. But It's memorable when you have the subtitles on. <laughs> All right. So, you know, between the dialogues, do you have any more? I really like when Tommy Lee Jones delivers the line, we're going to put as many men in front of it as it takes. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. And, I mean, I think when you think about the movie, I think when people think about, when the people who we make this podcast for, think about the movie Volcano, it's really hard to not think about the little blonde boy at the end of the film who nearly becomes Toast. a kid who did not see his demise coming. And while all the first responders and the victims of the volcano in Los Angeles are, are covered in ash, he delivers the moral... Of the whole film. He says, <laughs> look at their faces. They all look the same. I remember that line, yes. So, this movie handles race relations in, a, in very broad strokes. I mean, the fact that it attempts to handle it at all, is, is it admirable? I guess it's admirable. Yeah. I think Independence Day did it better by just getting Will Smith to be the hero off a blockbuster. Well, you know, there are, oh man, there are definitely more black people in Volcano than there are in Dante's Peak. That's true. Oh yeah, in terms of race, uh, yeah, it's it's a more diverse cast. I mean, Dante's Peak is one of those movies that is so white. Well, there's the Asian character in the team and the rest of it is white, which is in line with a vacation resort area in the 90s, I guess. In the 90s. Yeah. You know, we're at a point now with film and media that an absence of diversity is noticeable it's very noticeable in dante's peak yeah movies have a job to propel ideas of diversity and you know dante's peak could have stuck a couple of black characters in there or multi-ethnic characters in there yes i do agree that representation is important but i do want to get back to the matter at hand which is which which movie has a better dialogue dialogue volcano come on volcano point volcano put it on the board The next category, which movie gets the Good Time at the Movies Award? Come on, this one's easy. Tell us, Michael. This is not easy. This This is not not easy easy for me. So I guess it it comes down to... Volcano is a lot more fun, right? It's more fun. It's more fun. I do think, you know, I, I, oh man. The volcano doesn't explode for the first half of the movie. That's the biggest problem with Dante's Peak. You're right. But I do feel like Volcano cheats because it kind of erupts. No, it it does erupts. It does erupt. And then there's lava underground and they get to have a second eruption. There's lava everywhere in Volcano. I love it. And and, uh, it's got... Lava running down city blocks. It got it cures racism in three short scenes. It destroys a rich guy's building to make a dam. 
John Carroll Lynch gets dissolved into lava in like three seconds, it's just a much more fun movie. You cannot compete with that. You've convinced me. You've convinced me. I don't like showing my whole the hand, you know. I don't like a big broad statement like saying, I like Dante's Peak better. I, I like I wanna withhold that judgment for as long as possible. I like Dante's Peak better. I if I have to pick one of these two movies to watch again, that's what I would choose. You are right. Volcano is more fun. It's a better time at the movies. All right. Volcano gets a point. Put it on the board. Let's take a break, Michael. We're back from break. We haven't counted the points, but what's your feel right now, Michael? What movie has more points right oh, now? I feel think? like it's pretty even. It's got to be pretty even. It, maybe we're leaning a little bit more towards Volcano, which I'm a little surprised by, but I think that that's where we are. Well, we're not looking at the scoreboard. We're just going by what we kind of remember happened. So I, I, I'm not sure. I think it's probably even. I don't, I don't think it's leading Volcano, but, you know, we'll find out. We'll, we'll get into it towards the end. Let's get into the genre-specific categories, Michael. This week, we're handling two disaster movies. So this week, we're doing disaster movie genre-specific categories. The first category in the disaster movie categories is the best kaboom, which means which movie has the best overall destruction of the world that is in it? Tell me, Michael, what do you think? Well, you know, I think that the point you made about the volcano taking a long time to erupt in Dante's Peak or the positive that lava appears and the eruption begins earlier in Volcano, it makes sense that that makes for a better time at the movies, but it does not make for a, a best kaboom. A better kaboom? The destruction in Dante's Peak is incredible. I have always known the phrase pyroclastic cloud because that's what happens in Dante's Peak. I, I learned that from this movie. It's an incredible, visceral, and effective sequence. Um, you know, there are obviously moments of destruction beforehand in terms of the acid lake, the dam breaking, the water with debris in it taking bridges out, the earthquake that that tears down the town. But the actual eruption uh, of Dante's Peak I was going to say, it blows me away. It's it's really incredible. There was some really good lightning in the clouds also, right? I didn't notice that. But was, uh, am I thinking of a different movie? I feel like I want to go back and watch it. I think there was a couple of really good lightning strikes in there. But let me ask you this. Dante's Peak has probably has more square footage destroyed by the volcano. But at the end of the day, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Whereas Volcano causes quite a lot of destruction in the museum district of LA. I, I, I like saying this. Uh, to you at least once an episode. I don't care. I think the destruction in Dante's Peak is just, it's just more visceral. It's just, it's just rocks and trees destroyed. Whereas in LA, uh, art is being destroyed. Millions of dollars worth of art. The, the rich guy's building, I think, was worth $30 million that gets uh, totaled. Uh, people were in hospital getting treated in a volcano. I don't think there was one person in a hospital in Dante's Peak. The city of L.A. probably still has a lot more lava to deal with after the events of the movie. Look, Dante's Peak does not dwell on the injuries because it doesn't have to, okay? Plenty of people get... people. Remember, people get the drop ceiling falls on their head in the gymnasium. We got building facades falling over left and right. What about the poor suckers who tried to drive their Cadillac DeVille through a river? 
What about that? What about the dam workers? Well, that was that was that was silly of them. Uh, you know, I, in what Danish... do we lose in volcano? What do we lose? We lose an El Pollo Loco. We lose a Carl's Jr. <laughs> and in and out. God forbid we lost an in and out, but we lost a, a fancy apartment complex owned by some property developer. Well, more millions of dollars worth of damage in volcano. But it's not. It's just not as impressive to me. I think the spirit of this category is which depiction of destruction is more impressive behold the power of nature that is dante's peak okay i I like some of those shots in it with the especially with the miniatures okay point dante's peak for the best kaboom next genre specific category michael is which movie has the best mission control in almost every disaster movie there will be some type of a mission control uh where the people are controlling things on the ground, talking to the protagonists through, you know, phones and satellites and looking at computer screens. Which movie of these two has the better mission control? Let me say that you've brought a lot of ideas to the table for this podcast. This category, one of your best. I love a mission control. Apollo 13, great mission control. Um, between these films, let, let's talk a little bit about each mission control setup. Volcano is very obvious. It's the Office of Emergency Management. Don Cheadle's there. He's got a cool hat on. We got a lot of telephones. We got a lot of monitors. Helicopter footage. Yeah, people seem really on top of it. And, you know, it's well-staffed, right? Well-staffed. Yeah. They, they say, find me a geologist, and two minutes later, there's a geologist on scene. And then, so in Dante's Peak, the, the team... Kind of a ragtag team reminded me a little bit of, of the team from Twister, which is also uh, the U.S. Geological Survey. So it's funded federally. It must be underfunded, though. They're staying at Cluster's Last Stand Motel. Do you know why it's called that? No, tell me. The gentleman who owns it is named Cluster. I did not know that. Okay. You can actually buy Cluster's Last Stand T-shirts online, which is a great reason for the internet to have been invented. Guys, I, I fancy myself a little bit of a nerd, but I'm always out-nerded by my That is here. a deep cut. If I, <laughs> I mean, I would not, if I saw that t-shirt before watching it most recently, I would not know what it was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the Dante's Peak team, the USGS, uh, up right up there with, um, what's the movie, Evolution, uh, has a has another rag ragtag depiction of uh, USGS uh, employees or uh, representatives. They don't make the USGS look great. They they're, have, they're not sharp at all. They have a couple computers. They're obsessed with like small town politics. The robot doesn't work. They drink a lot of coffee. They drink a lot of beer. That's a terrible robot. I'm the robot can't function in a parking lot, so they put it on a mountain. Where it continues not to work. So yeah, I think there's a clear winner in terms of mission control here. Let's, let's put it on the board. Volcano. Point Volcano. This, this is the next category, Category 15, in the genre-specific category, which is which movie has the best worst science? Now, that, that wording is a little confusing. Explain this to us. All right. So this is the category that I came up with not that long ago. Um, and I, I, I'm hoping it kind of 
the more that we consider this in the light of different films, that, that the more beloved this category will become. The best worst science to me is the depiction of something that, if you think about it for a few minutes, it's, it would be wild, right? It's like there's no way that this is accurate, except that when used in the service of, of the, the film or the story or the narrative, you don't question it for a second. You're like, yeah, absolutely, that's how it's done. Okay, let's do it. So tell me which movie, what, what's the best worst science in uh, Dante's Peak? Well, I mean, in this category, Dante's Peak has something going against it, which is accuracy. <laughs> you'll f- <laughs> They're trying to be scientifically accurate. Yeah, you'll, you'll find that pretty much across the board, the depiction of, of the events that lead up to the eruption and the eruption itself are portrayed relatively accurate to what, the way they would happen in real life. Uh, I do have to go back to the aforementioned robot, though. What a piss-poor effort to find out more information. The robot's legs don't bend. They don't, they don't seem to move forward, back, you know, back or forth. So do you, do you think the effects team had like a design of a robot that would uh, be able to move uh, with much more bendy legs into the mountain? And then as production began, they're like, we don't have it yet, Mr. Director. And director's like, no, put it in the movie. Whatever you got, put it in the movie. Well, think about it this way. What does the robot do or need to do in terms of the script? It needs to just like go in the mountain and measure stuff, right? It needs to not work. It needs to not work. That's part of the story. That's that's the way that the other guy gets hurt. He breaks his leg, right, trying to fix the robot. Uh huh. But w- what does that lead to? What story purpose does the guy hurting oh, oh, himself oh. serve? No, well, you know, the robot's malfunctioning, right? So they remove the GPS tracker that was designed by NASA. They take that off the robot to lighten its payload in an effort to get it to work better. And then that mobile GPS unit becomes essential in, in, in the conclusion of the film. So so why did they need the other scene in the mountain? You got to fill 90 minutes, man. Because <laughs> they should have removed it when they were in the mountain, not when they were in the parking lot. You know, I mean, when, when we talk about twin movies, right, the the spirit of a twin movie is like, Something that was kind of like on the minds of people or like in the zeitgeist or within the, you know, the the halls of, of Hollywood business. Like something happened, right? An idea was floated and, and someone said, if you have a volcano movie, I need a volcano movie. There seems to be something about people remembering Mount St. Helens in the mid-90s. I remember as a kid... Is that the mountain that explodes in the movie? No, that's oh. a mountain I think in Washington State that that exploded in in that erupted in in real life. Okay, and it's referenced in in volcano, and I think it's actually referenced in Dante's Peak. There's um, let me look it up. There's a line. I may have, it may be your coffee loving guy that says, uh, "If this thing blows and she does a mountain Saint Helens, the blast will get here in less than a minute." Actually, yeah. it's Harry. It's Harry who says that. So there was something about, like, Mount St. Helens, the way that people were remembering it. It happened in, in 1980. That seems to be on the minds of, like, the writers of, of this film. I think similarly, the beginning of, like, robots. Robots to... Mars. The Mars rovers. Um, the little robot that James Cameron used to go, like, check out the Titanic... There was like he had it was it was named something junior, you know. People in the mid nineties they loved their robots and they loved Mount St Helens, and so that's why you had to have this 
film. Robot. Sorry. Okay. Where were we? <laughs> science. Science. So, oh. what is, is that the best worst science in Dante's Peak? To me, that's the best worst science. Bad robot. What is the best worst science in Volcano? All right. I have something very important to discuss with you, ladies and gentlemen. And it is something that could have gotten me killed. Okay. I spent some time in Los Angeles and I was sleeping late one morning. And I hear a thud, and I think, wow, the the neighbor upstairs is being really noisy. And then I hear thud, thud, and I'm like, the per- they they fell over. It's so loud. And then I hear thud, 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 and and I think to myself, this person keeps falling over. Why don't they just stay on the ground? And I'm waking up, and I and I you know, and I, when my thought process clears a little bit, I realize this is an earthquake. This is an earthquake. What do you do in an earthquake? What does Tommy Lee Jones do with his daughter in Volcano when there's an earthquake? I think he gets in a door jam? A door jam. Do you know what you don't do when there's an earthquake? Get in a door jam? You don't get in a door jam. Oh, why is that? I don't know, but it's not what you do. <laughs> I, okay, I, I, do you have any science to support that? Yes, yes. Okay. CDC.gov says if you are inside, stay inside. Do not run out. Side or to other rooms during an earthquake, you're less likely to be injured if you stay where you are. If possible, before shaking intensifies, move away from glass, hanging objects, bookcases, china cabinets, large furniture. Watch out for falling objects like bricks from fireplaces, chimneys, light fixtures, wall hangings, shelves, cabinets. If available, grab something to shield your head. Do not stand in a doorway, it says. Are you serious? Do not. It's capitalized. Okay. Do not stand in a doorway. You are safer under a table. In modern houses, doorways are no stronger than any other part of the house. Doorways do not protect you from the most likely source of injury, falling or flying objects. Hmm. They got those two by fours in there. Thought they would have some strength in it. Do you know I what, guess not. Do you know what seems like the right thing you should do? Get under a table? No, getting in a doorway. It seems like the thing you should do, but it's not. That makes it the best worst science. The best worst science? Okay, okay. So which movie has the best worst science? Volcano. Volcano gets the best worst science for making us believe that it's safe to stand in a door jam. It's not the safest. It's not the safest. Okay. All right, guys. uh, You know, I hope you are never in a volcanic uh, earthquake situation. And uh, if you are, try to find a better spot. CDC.gov for oh, you all know the information you need. This is what I found through some YouTube video, which is that L.A. cannot have a volcano or lava. Oh. It can have earthquakes, sure, because it already does. But a volcano apparently uh, has a, needs a different tectonic plate. Like the, the plates have to like crash into each other or something for a volcano to happen. Whereas in L.A., the... Plates are kind of one at the bottom, the other is sliding on the top, which causes the earthquake. So that is the, I, I think that qualifies also as the worst science shown in the movie. With both these examples, I think Volcano wins his point. I read that Dante's Peak is shown in, in like high school science classes a lot. It's got TMI, maybe. This movie has TMI. About too, what? About volcanoes. Dante's Peak has too much real information about volcanoes. Oh, Really? Don't you think? I like the real information about volcanoes. Acid, acid lakes. I like it. Okay, okay. I like what I like. Sulfur, sulfur stuff, right? Good stuff, good stuff. Moving on. 
the twin movie special categories. Now, these are categories that only apply to these two particular twin movies because of the very specific things that they both have in them. When I was watching these movies, Michael, I was blown away from two things. In both movies, the main character had been asked to cancel their vacation and return to work in the very beginning of the movie. Total bull****. In, in both movies, there's a specific line that says to a girl that is sitting on the passenger seat, put on your seatbelt. It is so specific in these two twin movies, it's insane. But I found even better categories to discuss as we get into the details. Oh, so neither of these observations have to do with the questions. Okay. I just thought people would find it interesting. So what's, which... our, what's our first real twin movie specific category? Category 16. The first twin movie specific category is which movie has the best hero's truck in Lava Scene? In Volcano, Tommy Lee Jones' truck is uh, parked with his daughter inside when suddenly lava flows out from the tar pits yeah. uh, on the road towards a truck. The daughter gets out just in time before the lava flows through under the truck, destroying and exploding the tires on touch. And then moments later, the entire truck Yeah, is the whole fire. truck goes goes under right burned melted yeah, it's on instant fire yes and mel- it doesn't melt i think so in dante's peak pierce brosnan with linda hamilton and the kids has to cross a road where lava is uh, on the road and there's no other way so he decides to hit the pedal to the metal and r- drive through the lava as he's driving through there's fire everywhere the truck is the truck tires are in flames. Uh, I don't know how he did it, but they are able to get through all of this lava, meanwhile also picking up the little dog along the way. Between these two scenes, Michael, which movie has the best hero's truck in lava scene? I just got done saying how believable everything in Dante's Peak is, and yet Pierce Brosnan is able to drive a pickup truck through lava, and like the tires definitely get a little melty, but like, they're still there, which... Melty? No, they're on fire, man. They're on fire, but like he's still able to move the How car. How does he have traction? Yeah. And, and, he, and he continues to drive that truck into town. But there's a couple of reasons. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not going to bury the lead here. The Dante's Peak truck scene is better. I, I'm going to tell you why. Yeah, I'm looking for more entertaining here, not yeah. more believable. No, it is. It's more entertaining, um, particularly because it interacts with the, the lava in an interesting way, which it pierces through the cooler crust of the lava to reveal the still molten lava underneath. So, you know, we get to little, we get to know a little bit more about how the lava works. And the science class nerds love it. Yeah, uh, you know, I also I really like that. Right, bef- just you know, I love nerds. I'm a nerd myself. Sorry about calling out nerds. But continue, please. I really like that immediately before flooring it and driving his truck across a road of lava, when, when, when Pierce Brosnan is asked, is this going to work? He says, I don't know. And then just hits the gas. Spoken like a true scientist. It's really great. Um, so the interaction with the lava is, is fun. The fact that the dog shows up. In the in the midst of this dramatic scene, which like the the midway through getting across this this section of lava, the truck 
stalls. It loses traction, and the flames are growing around the, the car, and the tires are getting red hot and still not exploding for some reason. The, the threat of danger feels, you know, more real. Um, it, it's more dramatic. There's a dog. How do you feel about the dog's name? It, it kind of grew on me. It, it was rough at first, but it grew Ruffy. on me. Yeah. Ruffy. Yeah, it was very rough at first, and it grew on me. I don't love it. I, I didn't love it at first, but but he was such such a good scrappy dog. I, I I was so I love dogs so much. I don't care what the name is. I just love dogs. There's a good dog in Volcano too. Yeah, yeah. I well, think we'll, I like. We'll get to the dogs. Oh, we'll we're talking about the dogs. The dogs. Okay, we'll okay, dogs. okay. Uh, so between the two scenes, we like Dante's peak hero truck scene better. Yes. I also like Pierce Brosnan's truck better. It was pretty cool. It has a snorkel. It has a snorkel. It had like eight floodlights, and it was kind months. of. Orange? Reddish orange. Yeah, it's a good color. Yeah, it was a good color. Uh, it can drive in water. Was that a Chrysler? What, what truck was GMC. It was a GMC. I think GMC paid mad money to have its truck feature, trucks featured in this movie. Money well spent. So point Dante's Peak for which movie has the best hero's truck in a lava scene. The next category, we, we, we had a hard time deciding whether we should put it in the twin movie specific or uh, in the genre specific, but... We settled on this, which is category 17, genre, uh, twin movie specific category two. Which movie has the most epic death scene of the guy who did not help the hero in the beginning of the movie, but came around at the end? Dante's Peak has a scene where Harry's boss, Paul, is on the bridge. I was honestly praying that Ruth, the grandma, melts into the river so I could do call that a category instead. <laughs> but... Uh, well, yeah, her, her ultimate <laughs> demise is not that dramatic. Yeah, I, I wish she had melted into the river. That would the have... inciting incident of her demise is dramatic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Volcano has uh, MTA chief John Carroll Lynch jumping out of the subway car and melting into the lava. So between uh, John Carroll Lynch melting into the lava outside the subway car and Harry's boss on the bridge getting destroyed by flooded waters, which scene is better? I mean, it's really... Or, or, or wait, wait, the question is, which death is more epic? It's really amazing that there is a death in Volcano that involves a man jumping into a... Lava river? A pool of lava and melting like the Wicked Witch of the West. The Terminator 2 guy. While screaming and looking like just off camera... It's very in it's very in your face. It's very in his face. And it's very epic. And I feel like I feel like there aren't a whole lot of deaths in in disaster movies that live up to that. But I'm thinking about Paul's face on that bridge and there's a competition here. So so here's my argument for John Carroll Lynch's scene. I I love both these scenes. Uh, special effects-wise, I think Dante's Peak is better. Emotion-wise, I think John Carroll Lynch's scene is better, and the reason is this. Did you look at the reaction of the people that were safe when Paul was dying? They're not that upset. They're not that upset about it. <laughs> so emotionally, and, and, and when you think of the reaction of the people who were in the tunnel with John Carroll Lynch, they're, you know, kind of sad about it. So for me, it's, it's, a, it's a simple call. What do you think? Does it make you feel good when you, you convince me of something? <laughs> Sometimes, because it's hard to convince well, you. Well, you should feel good now. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sold. John Carroll Lynch. John Carroll Lynch 
wins the which movie has the most epic death scene of the guy who did not help the hero in the beginning of the movie. Very specific. Uh, category 18, the last category of this competition. Category 18. Is twin, it the dogs? Twin movie specific. Category 3. We love dogs. Which movie had the best use of dog getting away from lava scene? Dante's Peak had the scene where Pierce Brosnan, Brosnan was driving through lava and Ruffy appeared out of nowhere and jumped onto the burning truck scene. Whereas Volcano had that little cute dog in the apartment barking at lava and then rescuing his toy at the very last minute and running out of the lava's way scene. There, there were some other dogs in Volcano as well, but that was my favorite moment involving a dog in lava. Between these two scenes, what do you think? I was watching Volcano and considering the complications of city management, thinking about urban planning, thinking about race relations. And then this adorable dog shows up, this adorable dog, and he's in danger. The lava is coming through the door, and his owner's outside screaming. Do you know what the dog's name is? No, I, I don't think he's named, is he? Mm, oh, no, the, the owner does. Or Eddie or... Yeah, I don't remember the dog's name. We but he was, he was very adorable. Yeah, he's adorable. He, he does one of the things that... It's one of my favorite things when my dog does it, which is he picks up his own toy. He makes a choice of his own. This dog picks up his own toy and says, I'm going to get out of here. He's smart enough to get out of Dodge, right? And he runs out the door. That's a self-possessed dog. Meanwhile, Ruffy and Dante's Peak abandons the relative safety, momentary safety, but relative safety of the cabin with his family to run off, just runs off into the woods. Ash is pouring down and it's dark out. I don't even remember. I didn't even remember that the dog was out out there. Uh, Yeah, until he reappeared by the truck, I did not even know he was missing. So, I mean, good for that dog that he's able to make a jump. It was a good dog jump, not as good as the one from Independence Day. But a good dog jump, and I'm happy he made it. I just, it, not as charming. Yeah. Not as charming an animal, despite, I believe, probably less screen time for the dog in Volcano. It was, it was like a little 30-second commercial in Volcano with that cute little dog. It was not a lot of coverage. It was just like one shot off to the side with Volcano on the camera right side, dog on the camera left side. Picks up the dog, jets off camera left, back to his owners outside on the street. Lovely scene, beautifully done, sharp editing, great performance, great direction. Volcano. Volcano gets a point. I like when they put the dog in the credits, and I like it even more when it says the dog's name, and then it says himself. They let the dog... Have his name. ...in the movie. Yeah. I don't know that that's the case with Volcano, but I like that. Uh, So... That is the end of all of the categories. Uh, each movie has been awarded points in each category, and we haven't tallied it up yet. Michael, who is better at math, is going to tally it up right now. All right, let's go through it uh, category by category, Michael. Uh, category one, which movie won the release date, Michael? Dante's Peak. Category two, which movie won the box office? Dante's Peak. Category three, Michael. Which movie has the better title? It's Volcano with Volcano. Volcano. Was this the Ace of the Sleeve? 
No, this was no. Which movie has the better leading actor? This was my ace up my sleeve. Pierce Brosnan. Dante's Peak. Which movie has the best rest of the cast? Meaning everyone except the lead actor. Who takes the point here? Volcano. It had Anne Heche. We did not mention her filmography. She was in Godzilla, Donnie Brasco. Oh, she's in Godzilla. I love that movie. I love the 1990s. Is that a disaster movie or a sci-fi movie? I think it's a disaster movie. I think it's a disaster movie. Yeah, yeah. I liked, I liked Godzilla. I know not everybody loves it. We can be heroes. Category six, Michael. The best, best scene. Which movie? Dante's Peak. Category seven. The best title drop in a movie. Volcano. Category eight. The best music moment slash needle drop in the movie. Randy Newman. I Love L.A. Brings it home for Volcano. Category nine. Best director slash which movie was directed better? Tell us, Michael. Did you ace up the sleeve me? I think, yeah. Yeah, this was my ace up my sleeve. For Volcano. Volcano, Mick Jackson taking the category. Category 10, best cinematography. Dutch Angles did it for Dante's Peak. I reluctantly agreed to this point. Agreed by the thinnest of margins. I'm still pulling for Volcano, but I agreed. Moving on. Category 11, the best quote slash best dialogue. Which movie did it better? Volcano had memorable dialogue. Category 12. Which movie gets the Good Time at the Movies Award? Volcano. That was a great time at the movies. I loved it. Even when it's on TV, it's a great time. You might call it a rewatchable. (laughs) Let's get to the disaster movie genre-specific categories. Category 13. The Best Kaboom. Which movie? Dante's Peak. Dante's Peak. Just from from more Kaboom in general. Category 14. Which movie has the best... Mission Control. Volcano. Volcano. I liked. I like me some Don Cheadle. What percentage do you think of this win belongs to Don Cheadle? Uh, 40? Oh, I was thinking like 80. 80? Yeah. Don Cheadle or not, they would have shown Mission Control. No? Yeah, but it would have been the best. Yeah. Category 15. The best worst science in a movie. Volcano. Volcano with uh, all types of weird science going on. Twin movie special categories. Category 16, which movie has the best heroes truck and lava scene? Dante's Peak. Category 17, which movie has the most epic death scene of the guy who did not help the hero out in the beginning of the movie, but came around at the end? Volcano. John Carroll Lynch, you are an American legend. Category 18, which movie had the best use of the dog getting away from lava scene? Also, Volcano. Cute, cute dog. Getting away from lava. All right, Michael, tally it up. Beep boop, beep boop, beep 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 boop boop. Doop. What are the totals, Michael? I'm shocked. I'm shocked. We got Dante's Peak with seven points, and Volcano blows away the competition. Eleven points. Wow, that's that's the probably the largest margin. I mean, we've that's had. a spread. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the largest margin we've had so far. This is a, an example of like death by a thousand cuts. You know, I think Dante's Peak's a better movie, but it swings and misses on fun. It doesn't even swing. You know, can you think of a better title for Dante's Peak? That's a tough question. Yeah, I I, I bet if they can't if they had a better title, this movie would be more popular. That's hard to say, but you know, I did want to mention. A moment or two that that I thought are kind of indicative of what volcano is is successful in terms of not taking itself too seriously. 
there's a, a moment when uh, Anne Heche, uh comes out of the hole that her her partner perished in uh, in MacArthur Park, and looting has started. She is taking off her reflective heat suit. I remember that moment. And she takes off her oxygen tank, puts it on the hood of the Humvee she drives, and some guy runs over and loots the air pack. Medical is expensive in America. I'm glad he had that oxygen. I mean, if it wasn't nailed down. (laughs) Um, You know, we wanted to keep the categories uh, at a low number, but one of the categories that I wanted to potentially put in was which movie had better ash falling from the sky? The ash in both movies is is really impressive. I think... Well, Dante's Peak has that rain ash in the beginning, which is kind of cool. Um, There's also the sequence in, in Dante's Peak when the National Guard finally shows up, and ash is, like, piled against buildings. It's also done in the middle of the day, and, and it's all practical, and it looks really great. Uh, I have one pet peeve against Dante's Peak, which is that despite all the great ash... It doesn't really muddy up the faces of all the characters who have been in this situation for over a couple of days. When they are rescued from the mine after 48 hours, they come out looking great, like nothing happened. If I was trapped somewhere for 48 hours, I would be all types of bad looking uh, with, with mud and grime on my face, probably not even you know wearing a shirt. And uh, everybody loves Pierce Brosnan without a shirt. You know, a real missed opportunity here. Well... I mean, so you, you, you watched Dante's Peak, right? Yes. And you saw Pierce Brosnan's face. In the end? I mean, throughout, but also in the end, yes. You don't cover that face with ash. <laughs> but They're paying for, him millions of dollars. You're not going to cover that face with ash. For a movie... Go cover Tommy Lee Jones's face with ash. For a movie that goes so hard into making the whole science believable, they leave that important, crucial detail out. Uh, you know, just a pet peeve. But you know what? An age-old debate is settled, Michael. And that's what we're here for. This is a good a good fight. Two worthy contenders and a worthy victor. Yes, and we have cal- we have done the calculations. Tw- uh, what is it? Twelve to seven or eleven to seven? Seven to eleven. Eleven to seven. Volcano uh, beating Dante's Peak. This debate is forever settled. Next time you think about which of these two movies told the saga of lava destruction better, check the final score right here. Signing off from the Hollywood versus Hollywood podcast. This is HT with my co-host. I was happy to be here. Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Hollywood vs. Hollywood podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. And connect with us on Instagram at Hollywood VS Pod.